Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Fit Literate. I'm <laughs> Carolyn. And I'm Laura. And we just sat here staring at each other, smiling for 30 <laughs> seconds while we counted down. Yeah, the the like oh. recording uh, like website that we use gives us literally a six second countdown. And it's always the longest six seconds ever. It's too long. <laughs> we just look into each other's <laughs> eyes through the camera and try not to giggle as it starts recording. But anyway, yeah, hope everyone is doing well as you're listening to this we are recording on a Friday which we don't usually do we usually record on Wednesday when we're in like middle of the week business mode and today we're both kind of sleep deprived and feeling a little bit loopy so (laughs) and this is gonna be Wednesday we're at the top of our game and by Friday we're slugs that are slowly being salted we are wrapping up the to-do list but uh you know You got to record when you can. Uh, So in addition to just feeling a little bit sleepy and loopy and like Friday loosey-goosey energy, this is also a less structured episode because while it's focused on a specific topic, um, it's just not one that we felt like there was as much like deep dive research to do. So we're going to be, I think it's going to be like telling more anecdotes, just sharing opinions. It's going to be fun and definitely shorter. Like you can probably see the runtime already. Just chat. This is not going to be another two and a half hour long, um, monstrosity. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not, it won't be a, a four part epic. Oh my God. Yeah. Eventually we'll do another one like that, but we got to space them out because that was, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> um, all yeah, right. That's so, a lot of content to consume. Oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. I was talking to one of my clients who's also in um, your uh, energy Academy classes. And she said that she had to listen to it like over the course of three days. Cause she would go for her full walk <laughs> and like her walk would be over and the podcast would like still have two thirds of it left. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> Um, oh, before we get into the episode, we do have some patrons to thank because on our Patreon, Woo! if you are a part of the $10 tier, we say your name on all of the long episodes of the podcast. So big thank you to Emma and to Julia, my mother, for supporting the show. And if you <laughs> want us to say your name on the podcast, you can sign up for the $10 p- tier on Patreon. Or if you just want to support the show, but you don't want to spend $10, you can do one of the lesser tiers we just won't say your name on every episode (laughs) such a silly thing but some of the uh podcasts I like to listen to do the same thing so I thought it would be fun (laughs) hell yeah say my name say my name say my name say my name all right so without further ado today we are talking about Pinterest the mega app social media search engine hybrid pinboard manifestation conglomerate of um the smartphone era um and I mean I don't know about you Laura but I love Pinterest I kind of go through phases using it but what has your experience been like using Pinterest you know I do love Pinterest too I feel like Pinterest was the first social media app that I really really got into um And half of Pinterest is like the calmest place to be in the world where I can just collect photos of green kitchens and like the same perfect pair of jeans that I can never find. And then half of Pinterest is like a complete hellscape. So it's get you a girl who can do both. And that's Pinterest. And I have this dream where I have like so many 
I want always want to have like so many beautiful organized boards that I like refer to regularly for like curating my life and it never ends up that way it just ends up on me ends up as me going down like really deep rabbit holes and then forgetting about Pinterest for six months but I mean when you're there it's a beautiful place to be yeah yeah so what like these days when you use Pinterest like what kinds of things are you normally searching for Oh gosh, like crock pot recipes Ooh. and like new fonts for Canva <laughs> and like branding. Graphic I do a lot design. of like Yeah. It's a nice way. I'm a very visual person, so I like having like a mood board. Um I don't know if I've ever successfully implemented a mood board, but I like to make them. Uh so I get ideas for things like that, or sometimes I'll do like I'll plan future trips I'll look at like mm. you know 16 best hidden spots on the Amalfi Coast or whatever and that kind of thing it's a search engine now yeah I mean that yeah that's basically what it is it's like a, a visual based search engine that also lets you like organize the search results that you want to return back to in like a very like visually pleasing way like I've I've always loved using Pinterest especially for things um like interior design that has always been my like number Mm. one use for it like I remember in high school like uh one of my friends and I when we had sleepovers we would literally go on Pinterest and be like let's plan our dream homes (laughs) or maybe that was more (laughs) middle school no no it was high school because Pinterest started in 2009 but like you know just like looking at like uh if I had my like dream kitchen or like one day when I have a house with a beautiful pool like how am I going to design it and decorate it um and recently I also use it a lot for um I mean that now that I like have a house I do a lot of searching of like especially like vintage inspired like mid-century interior decorating And I've also always enjoyed like the fashion inspiration. I feel like I almost Mm -hmm. never end up like buying anything that I pin. But yeah, since since college. So for me, that was 2012. I definitely did a lot of like fashion pinning and um, and yeah, like recipes for sure. Oh, absolutely. That was my jam back in the day was like heavily curated fashion boards that were nothing like what I was wearing or oh my gosh honestly the only time I've ever used Pinterest in a practical way was when I moved into this apartment (laughs) a year and change ago and I like made a Pinterest board and I forced my partner to make a Pinterest account and like look at the board with me so we could like align our visions of what the apartment was gonna look like but I feel like that was helpful because it's easy to point to a picture and be like do you like this yes or no instead of like getting on the crate and barrel website or the Ikea website. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's exactly what I did when I was redecorating my kitchen. You mentioned like green kitchens. I have like a whole board of just green kitchens. And when I was picking the cabinet color, (laughs) I I showed up in that. I was like, this is the vibe I'm going for. Like, what do you think? Um, And yeah, it's super helpful because it like puts it all in one place and shows the different options and stuff. Um, But uh, one like recovered memory I just had and I like went back to my uh my Pinterest account that I've had since like 2010 or 11 or whatever and I was mm-hmm. hoping that some of my old boards and pins would be there wait actually I do have a style one let me scroll back and see 
Oh my god. Oh, okay. I must admit here. because it's we all archived. Oh <gasps> gosh. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> this is so funny. We talked about going through our old boards, and I have to admit, I have scrubbed so much of my pre twenty fifteen, let's say, presents from the internet that I wish I had my old boards to look back on because I was a I was on a Pinterest health kick, especially like late high school, early college. That was my number one use was oh yeah you know the squat challenge and the ab challenge and the 100 healthy low calorie recipes or whatever so i i wish we had that as content to comb through mm. um and unfortunately i've marie condoed that out of my life <laughs> <laughs> i'll go back to my other boards and see if i have any evidence of what kind of health and fitness stuff i was looking at but before we dive into that which is the actual reason we're talking about Pinterest is the health and fitness side I do just need to shout out my like 2013 yeah 2012 2013 era fashion (sighs) pins which is I mean uh we've got high low skirts we've got Burberry scarves yes multicolored skinny jeans Aztec print yes circle scarves perfect lots of like very preppy layered outfits of like uh like denim shirt sweater over it blazer over that with like a chunky statement necklace um oh my god oh I got to the summer ones do you remember those bikinis that had like the ruffle over the whole front yes I might still own one of those <laughs> very like looks like a Victoria's secret pink <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. And they're all like and it's coral so funny. and like tiger. Oh my God. So much coral, so much mint. Um, I'm sure uh-huh. I had like a dream wedding pin board that was full of coral and mint chevron. But okay, that was a blast from the past. That was fun. Um, maybe I should make a TikTok revealing my uh, my Pinterest history. Um but yeah, so let's let's talk about the health and fitness side. So as as you mentioned, that was like a big reason that you used Pinterest. And it was it was for me, too. I I feel like I was less looking for workouts, but I definitely used it to look for like recipes for whatever, like dietary restrictions I was po- imposing on myself and also like. Mm-hmm fitspo like quotes and unfortunately and this is the one that like oh the hurts me the most to remember is like the body goals inspiration of just oh images of what I deemed like the perfect body like headless women over and over again showing off their abs I'm imagining and oh Poor past me. I feel so bad that I put her through that. Some woman in the tiniest shorts you've ever seen. And she's got like hand wraps on and like a v- those like <laughs> those like low exposure images of a cloud of chalk around her. And she's standing in front of like a gray background, that kind of thing. And they're like big block exactly. letters that are like conquer your inner idiot or whatever like <laughs> plastered across the front conquer your inner that's what idiot. I'm imagining no. <laughs> honestly oh that's gosh. kind of inspiring um, I think I need to hear that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that maybe that's the fitspo we need right now conquer your inner yeah. idiot um 
<laughs> um, but okay. So tell me about like from your memory, like what kinds of things you were pinning on Pinterest in your like health and fitness Pinterest heyday. Okay. I loved I, we got to set the stage and say that this is like 2011. I'm a junior in high school and I'm like just, just coming into my own fitness wise for the first time being like, huh? Yeah. I grew up dancing. So I didn't do like workouts really. I didn't do like training for a sport the way some other people did. So I had no reference. Yeah. Obviously I was exercising a lot as part of ballet but like I didn't do like weightlifting or like drills with like a coach the way like my friends who played field hockey or something did you know um so I was kind of starting from scratch and I turned to Pinterest and I turned to those like 30 day challenges which will just be like plank for five seconds plank for 10 seconds plank for 15 seconds plank for 20 seconds for like as it builds up or it's like you know Add twice as much every, every day. day and at the end it's like plank for 10 and a half minutes <laughs> it's like what <laughs> um so I liked I liked those I liked the like doodled graphics of like women working out it's I I have a very clear mental image of that but I don't think I have I don't think any of them survived my Pinterest scrub um, no I think I know what you're talking about though it was sort of like the corporate art style of the time. Like when you think of like infographics now on Instagram and how it all has that same type of like Uh art style of like little people doing their things. I feel like it was the like early 2010s version of that where there was this very specific illustration style that was used in like infographics, just not on Instagram, but on like blogs. So they were like long. Yeah, they're like vaguely anatomical, but they're also like very sexual (laughs) um you know what I mean like the women are very like sexualized these like weird doodle women Mm -hmm. um but they're also like highlighting the muscles in like purple or like highlighter yellow and I would just be like yeah upper body workouts oh yeah I'm on Pinterest right now and I'm looking at them and I have (laughs) <laughs> there are so many examples okay so so are these still are these still a thing like this would have been I found one this would have been an absolute um draw for me it's like high knees 20 reps it just says Pilates 10 seconds Russian twist 10 reps windshield wipers and it shows like one stationary cartoon of a person doing the exercise and then you're kind of just supposed to guess what happens in between them um and it says like beginner abs workout for women like that would have been something that I was like gotta save that I have Mm -hmm. to know that that seems highly important and very useful (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that I would uh I would have collected like a little squirrel um and then of course all the like recipes that are only um only veggies or like here's you know eat the rainbow here's this fruit salad made of this like 45 dollar fruit salad made of every different fruit (laughs) under the sun and then go like raid my poor mother's refrigerator and try to make something that looked like that 
Yeah, lots of like superfoods. I definitely was looking up recipes a lot when I was like first getting into my like paleo phase. And so I found a lot of like paleo recipe blogs through Pinterest trying to find like Mm. a compliant mac and cheese recipe and stuff because I couldn't just eat mac and cheese with a lactate pill for some reason. (laughs) I I thought I I, it made me a bad person. Um, But so I have a question for you. So you you were yes. really into like you said squirreling away all of these like workout challenges and little like not necessarily tutorials but like little infographics that are like yeah do 10 seconds of a pilates whatever that means did you ever do these workouts or challenges or did you just kind of collect the images I definitely did uh, my parents had a little like workout room in their basement and I would go downstairs and do that but I would collect them and then I think there were probably two that I used and what I would use a lot more were like YouTube videos that I found Mm. um, because I didn't know what I was doing and those infographics I took those as like gospel because I was like well it's printed out and it's on the internet and it has the trademark symbol on it so it must be like a reliable resource yeah Um, it's on the internet and then be like oh god I'm yeah I'm a dummy because I can't figure out what this is supposed to look like and it just kind of hurts and it doesn't feel like it's doing anything um yeah and so I wouldn't end up doing those I do a lot more like follow along stuff from Mm. YouTube Mm -hmm. and then kind of like make things up I don't think I ever successfully finished a challenge I think I probably got about two days into a challenge and then forgot but that was I would bring my computer down with me and like open it up and like be like what am I gonna do today put on my (laughs) in my little like I don't know what were we even wearing to work out in in 2012 like softy shorts and like a free yeah free t-shirt from a like middle school theater camp pulled up around my waist and tied in the back with a hair elastic are we are we still thinking high school yeah and that would definitely be like the Sophie shorts or like the like little running shorts that you could just buy a million pairs of in different colors at like TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Like I wore a lot of those. Yes. Yeah. With like just t-shirts from whatever activities I participated in in school. And then, yeah, yeah like a couple years later in college, once I started caring about how I was dressed going to the gym, it was absolutely like neon colored Nikes, neon colored Nike pro shorts and one mm-hmm. of those same t-shirts but like ripped up and retied into a stringy little tank top <laughs> over a neon sports bra yes yeah that sounds right I was also a, I was a Fabletics early adopter so I had a lot of oh. like mid-rise weird printed leggings but I had a lot like of those too time. but again from like TJ Maxx and Marshalls yeah mm, mm. yeah good stuff but yeah that they was my fun. I think it was for me about the like ceremony of like bringing my ancient computer down to the basement and being like I know what I'm doing I have a plan and then flailing around Mm. for 30 minutes until I started sweating and then being like I think that's it I think I did it (laughs) you know and that was in my my eat clean phase so that was the the content that fed me then was when I was trying to boil chicken breast without seasoning yeah, definitely a lot of clean eating recipes, clean eating guides that were just a lot of, yeah, like plain chicken and vegetables and colorful fruits and, um, 
you know, it depended on which uh, which set of rules you were going by because clean eating is a very nebulous term. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. OK, interesting. So I I feel like I never really looked for um, like actual workouts on um, on okay. Pinterest because I. Uh, like in high school when Pinterest became a thing, I was already doing martial arts, like really hardcore. And so a part of that is we would have like workout classes. Um, Like we, I was learning how to like swing around kettlebells when I was like 15 in the dojo. And so I felt like I had like the actual, yeah, it was cool. I, I was like assisting in the cardio kickboxing classes, even though I didn't have any kind of certifications, but just because I had taken them enough and I knew how to like set up the bags for bag work. And I knew how to teach someone how to do like a roundhouse kick. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I felt like I, in a weird way, because I was teaching karate classes to kids and like participating in all these workouts, I felt like I already like knew what I was doing. Um, like I already know how to work mm. out. So like I like my friends would come over and I would like put together little like circuit workouts <laughs> for everyone to do. So I felt oh like I was God. like already a fitness professional when I was like a teenager. And so <laughs> the content that I was looking for was, yeah, like I said, that like the like the fitspo content at least at first there was Mm. definitely like a couple years where I was really like intrigued by it kind of like fascinated by it and like a little bit like obsessed with it um I of course was also like sorting out my sexuality so like looking at images of beautiful women was probably just confusing in a number of ways um but (laughs) oh my god I never even thought of that (laughs) like why did I pin all these like really sexualized women to these secret boards I would look at alone in the basement as a teenager yes and it's like put that one together the like going through (laughs) all of that and like sorting out your own body image issues while also like coming to terms with like bisexuality is a very confusing thing to go through because it's like trying to understand your internal desires while being fed all of this like really like male gazy imagery and it's like ah (laughs) like what is going on (laughs) yes and that's what I was talking about with like ballet like I had never done like workout classes like that because we were actively discouraged from cross training which is really bad oh. in hindsight but I had just why did they stopped. discourage you they didn't want us to lift and get bulky and they told us running would ruin our knees which is not true and also like not how growing bodies work and not yeah. how you should be talking yeah. to dancers and not how you should be talking to children you know but that's mm-hmm. fine um but And I had teachers that were better about that and worse about that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not like a, an across the board type of thing. And that's also the kind of thing that when you're 12, you'll latch on to like one little comment someone says. So it's not like that was beaten into us, but it was kind of a present narrative. And then I had, so by the time I was old enough to be on the internet, unsupervised and doing my own thing on Pinterest and doing my own like workouts in the gym, I had stopped dancing because I was in like the college audition process and I couldn't keep up with both Mm -hmm. um so uh, there was definitely an element of like 
eh, like fuck the patriarchy like I'm gonna get strong mm, in that okay but okay. then of course I was also primed for those like dancer arms and like flat tummy in seven days kind of thing like all of that was waiting for me um but it felt like pseudo empowering at the time because I was like no I'm gonna lift because strong is the new skinny like that kind of thing Oh my gosh. Strong is the new skinny. Can we talk about that phrase for Remember a second? Remember that one? Because I... We should probably put a content warning at the beginning of this episode for like all the kind of... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Before we get deeper into any of the more specific like horrible Fitzbo phrases, this is your content warning. If you don't want to listen to us talk about that, then maybe this just isn't the episode for you. But anyway, that's yeah. coming. Um, okay, so strong is the new skinny. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Where at this time in like 2011, 2012, we were really at this like um, this like tipping point culturally where the like body ideal had like pretty much entirely shifted away from like the really really like rail thin skinny low-rise jean early 2000s kind of aesthetic like we and and definitely Mm -hmm. away from like the 90s heroin chic type of thing and we were starting to get the beginnings of that like girl boss feminism like like girl power female empowerment um movement that was like really on the rise and yeah so there was this like for anyone who doesn't remember this uh the the combination of those things all happening in the fitness world was this phrase strong as the new skinny where there was this like this movement to be like, hey, working out doesn't have to be just about getting as skinny as possible, like becoming like rail thin and making it look like you have an eating disorder or a drug addiction because you work out so much. Like it can be about like, like women can be muscular. Women can look muscular. Women can look strong. And it's so But of course the examples they were showing of this were still extremely thin women to be very clear exactly just not the like 90s heroin chic thing yes it was less like fashion models and more like fitness models or um or like professional athletes that also kind of like fit the beauty standard like I remember I was particularly obsessed with like this like couple of images of like Hope Solo the soccer player that like Mm -hmm. for me just like embodied like what like the perfect like athletic female physique looked like and I was like literally obsessed with it um but it's so funny I totally forgot that I did this because I started my first fitness blog in I think like it was like new year 2013. Like this was my project. So I was a freshman in college and it was like spring semester and I started a fitness blog. And one of the first like blog posts that I wrote was about how strong is the new skinny is problematic because it's just taking on a new unrealistic body standard. Look at you. I'm proud of myself. I know I'll have to go I'll see if that's really anywhere elevated thought for 2013 I know I and I probably an 18 year old in 2013 I probably had so many things like like half-baked ideas and whatever but um I wow okay it's interesting that even at the time I was like already kind of like eh Nah, like is is this good <laughs> but then at the same time I, I still like deeply believed in it like I like want like deeply believed in it in that like I still really wanted to be seen as like 
hot and strong and like hot because I'm strong. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a lot of like, I know for me in my early gym days, it was a lot of like internalized superiority yeah of being like I know better I'm gonna work out because women should be strong and have muscles yeah but not too much muscles so I'm not gonna do those workouts but yeah it's all very garbled and very much still wrapped up in diet mentality just in a wrapped in a a prettier package yeah it was a lot of can trying to I, I remember because I was getting very into weightlifting at the time and um and a lot of my friends mm-hmm. I remember were kind of like scared of doing it because they didn't want to get bulky and like that was a very like big piece of discourse in like women's fitness at the time that I still see come up sometimes but I, I think it's like less common nowadays but yeah this whole idea where it's like you need to convince all of the women around you to lift weights and like quell their fears of getting big and manly by being like no 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 like weightlifting won't make you bulky because blah 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 blah. and then completely like not taking that extra step to be like why is it even a problem for like why is bulkiness a problem like why is bigness such an issue (laughs) Yeah, and definitely this was a hot time for the idea that, like, you could, like, sculpt curves and, like, real women have curves, so you should be doing squats because, like, girls should do squats. And, like, again, that that Kendall Jenner <laughs> Instagram post has stuck in my head so deeply and I've never followed a single Kardashian on Instagram. But there was something that she posted that was, like, girls should do your squats and don't let boys be mean to you and wear red lipstick. It was like something like that. And that's, that was very much my like 2013, 14 mentality of being like, I'm, I'm on my fitness grind. I'm building my booty. Oh my God. Yeah. The booty building was (sighs) so, was such a big thing. So a big reason we wanted to talk about this today is that clearly we've both got some (laughs) recovered memories or things we'd rather forget about how we use Pinterest. And I would guess that's the same for a lot of people. You know, Pinterest can be a beautiful tool for connection and creativity, as we discussed, but also Um, it's, you know, an unsupervised place where people can post whatever clickbaity shit that they want right it was definitely Um, a big part of both of our and probably our whole generation like online based adolescent body image trauma (laughs) was like centralized on like the health and fitness side of pinterest in the early 2010s (laughs) yeah so something a reason why pinterest has come back into sort of the cultural conversation lately when it's been just sitting there looking pretty in the background is that in July of 2021, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Carolyn, Pinterest actually um, updated its policies to ban weight loss advertisements, uh, which is huge. They consulted with NIDA, which is the National Eating Disorder Association. I don't think I've ever thought about Mm -hmm. that acronym out loud, so I want to make sure that's right. Yeah, National Eating Disorders (laughs) Association. Um, And they banned any ads promoting weight loss, weight loss products. Um, They said any ads that engage in body shaming, any ads that make claims about products changing your body. There's a whole list of specific things. Um, 
So that's kind of cool because that's more that's more action than we've seen out of sort of the big social media players. And this has been, you know, a hot topic over the past couple of years, I think, especially since the beginning of the pandemic about how uh, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok are playing into children's body image issues and how kids are learning like body shaming and internalizing these really disastrous messages at younger and younger ages because of what they're exposed to on the internet um so it's cool to see one of the big social media players step forward and take some action uh and we thought we'd kind of take a little peek at that and see if they're doing what they're meant to be doing how that was received and what it's like to be on pinterest since this change has taken place yeah. Yeah. So I, re- I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember when this happened um, last summer and I was so excited to see that this was a thing. Like I definitely posted about it in, yeah. my, um, in my Instagram story and like generally like the days around when this happened, like I saw people being like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I had to kind of stop using Pinterest because all of the, like it was, it was a big contributor to my eating disorder or my body image issues or like in my healing process, I've had to step away from it because it was just such like a hub for all of this like toxic thinking and like led me to dangerous behaviors. And I'm like, hell yeah, like maybe this means that people can safely use the app again. Um, and like when you read the press release, it does sound really good. Um, like the fact that they've collaborated with with Nita, um, although Nita is not a a spotless organization like they are not without critique just like anything but um they certainly do good work as well um and so just the fact that they're like considering the effect that like weight loss advertisements have on like the development of eating disorders like I think it's like it's great that they are um taking that into account and making steps to like not let companies advertise um, and make money off of like scam products, dangerous products, and that Pinterest is no longer making money through ad revenue off of those things as well. Yeah, awareness is huge and it's cool to see them identify that as a problem and it's cool to see them put their money where their mouth is to a certain extent, you know, Mm -hmm. to... Yeah. Yeah, take, I'm sure they took a hit not taking on that kind of advertisements like that's how definitely because the diet industry and the weight loss industry is like a what is the figure now like 70 something billion dollar industry so there is a lot of money yeah it's like a huge pot of money and so uh, a big tech corporation basically being like we are like divesting ourselves financially from you know directly making money from companies that are involved in like the the diet and weight loss industry like that is a big thing however um when I heard about this, I, I don't think I read very closely at first what it was about. Um, and I got a little bit too excited because I thought what they were saying mm. is that they were banning all weight loss content, all diet content, mm. anything that mm. claims to cause weight loss or whatever, whatever. 
But no, it is just the paid advertisements. So user-generated content that is just put up there for free, that is not that like the person who uploads it to Pinterest is not paying Pinterest money to like push it in front of more eyes. If it's just uploaded for free, it's still allowed to be up there. So um, I don't know. Do we want to go look at Pinterest and search for some things well, and, and see? I have about 12 <laughs> tabs pulled up, I will say. Okay, yes. Um, I Googled because I knew I knew we were going to dive into this. I literally typed into Google Pinterest weight loss and like before the press release on Pinterest embraces body acceptance with new ad policy, we have a hit that's weight loss, Pinterest looking for help to lose weight the healthy way for tips from weight loss, fat blasting workouts, weight loss meal plans to learning how dot dot dot. And the next one is get tips, tricks and recipes to help you lose weight and stay healthy. See more ideas about weight loss, lose weight, cooking light. So just because these aren't ads doesn't mean they're not still search engine optimized terms that are extremely popular on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And because of the searchability of these terms, when you Google, sorry, when you search in Pinterest for things like health, workouts, workouts for women, beginner workouts, home workouts, the first things that come up are workouts for weight loss, workouts for fat loss, workouts for flat stomach, workouts for uh, beach body, like the I would guess that the algorithm of the search engine that is Pinterest has not changed that much just because they took out this paid content from outside sources because mm. these are still the things people are searching for. These are This is still the content that's being created. So this is what Pinterest is going to deliver because it's doing its job as a search engine. Um, so exactly. while you might not see yeah. the ads pop up, you are getting just as much content. I mean, Weight Watchers is on Pinterest and they have like a blue check, Pinterest version of the blue check. Yeah, like, like diet companies and like weight companies that sell weight loss products are still allowed to post on the website or the app Pinterest because they're still allowed to have accounts. They're just not allowed to pay for advertisements. And like... To me, that difference is just so like it just it doesn't make a, enough of a dent in the user experience of the app for this to actually be like a meaningful change. Um, and the and like the main thing that I keep going back to when I think of this is like when you and I were first on Pinterest in like 2010, 2011, and we were looking up workouts, we were looking up fitness motivation quotes. Pinterest didn't have ads at the time. <laughs> Like ads are not necessary in order for con like it doesn't need to be a paid advertisement in order for it to be content that causes harm. So um, I yeah, like I don't think this really does anything. I don't think this actually helps at all. No, I think to a certain extent, especially because of the way Pinterest is formatted with that kind of continuous scroll like vision board smattering of images ads are really seamlessly integrated into mm -hmm. the visual aspect of Pinterest 
So I would argue that it kind of doesn't look any different. And because they've taken those scammy ads out, now it looks even a little bit like friendlier, which I don't know if that's great. Um, And I will also say like being on the Pinterest homepage, and maybe this is just because of the things I've pinned, but I would guess this is the same for everyone. My Pinterest homepage of fashion, travel, interiors, inspirational quotes looks a lot different than it did in 2012, 2013. It looks Mm -hmm. very current and very calm and much, you know, looks friendlier. When you get into the sides of Pinterest that are health, fitness, weight loss, workout related, they look the same. They look... Yes. They st- it takes two seconds to get to those 2012 graphics to get to here's this cleanse that's in mason jars to get to do this mm-hmm. workout every single day do a hundred jumping jacks like stay at home weight yeah, loss workout so lose 10 pounds in one day it's so interesting because like I literally I just now I just searched the word fitness on on the mm-hmm. Pinterest search bar. And the first few images are, um, they, they seem like higher quality photos um, just based on the like clothing that people are wearing. It looks like these are probably from sometime in the last like three years or so. So these are more current, but yeah, it doesn't, I don't have to scroll very far until I see something that easily could have been made in 2013 like there are old pins that are still getting so much traction um and like the same stuff has stayed popular and like in these first few little scrolls like all of the images I'm seeing are of thin and muscular beautiful white women in really nice lighting with like even tans um wearing trendy workout clothes that show off their like rippled abs and muscular shoulders and it's the same <laughs> like it, the the it's fitness literally content the same. like you have to specifically search like body positive workout or like body neutral fitness in order to get anything that resembles something that is like inclusive and isn't like pushing the same kind of like weird messages about fitness that have been the hallmark of this side of the website since its inception and even then I would argue that there's a lot of content that is using friendlier less weight loss oriented hashtags Mm -hmm. because they know people are more interested in that now and the content Mm -hmm. that's attached is still very similar maybe it's not you know labeled exercises for love handle fat like I'm looking at right now but they're still saying do this to lose weight to lose body size to quote-unquote get summer ready but then they're like but love your body while you're doing it they're still saying say hi to your perfect abs after this and that image or that those words are superimposed over um, a like close up image of like half of a woman's torso where you can start to see the beginning of a thigh gap. Like it's, mm. it's the same. And it's one thing same. I was interested though, is the concept of just Fitspo. Cause I know for, for a little while, like probably around like 2015 to like 2017, there was a lot of discourse about the word Fitspo and how, um, like, is it, 
healthy? Like, is it a good thing? Like the, this like specific type of like fitness inspiration posts, um, that are very much about like, like sweat is your fat crying, like (laughs) destroy your inner idiot, whatever you said in the beginning, Yeah, (laughs) like superimposed over images of stereotypically attractive and like athletic looking people, like muscular people. Um, so I, From that discourse, I know that a lot of websites and apps have limited search for the term Fitspo because basically where the consensus landed is it is just a repackaged version of the like 2000s phenomenon of Thinspo, which was huge on like Tumblr, especially, um, and even just like forums and websites dedicated to like promoting like blatantly and like specifically eating disorder behaviors that like Finspo was like a a thing a part of the like pro eating disorder online community and so Fitspo came as like a reaction to that trying to be like better but it's still just as fat phobic it's just like the aesthetic of it is slightly different because it's more muscular and um so I am happy to see that when you search for the term fitspo um not very many things come up um and at the very top it says people have reported pins from this search let us know if you see something that goes against our policies so it seems like there are mechanisms in place to report problematic content that is like blatantly pushing for like dangerous and disordered behaviors but you wouldn't it, it's like not user driven that process yeah like a, a post needs to be like reported enough times in order for it to be taken down and these things that seem more innocuous because they seem just a part of like the normal fitness industry and what we expect from fitness professionals in general those things aren't getting reported because it's like oh this person's just showing showing like a booty workout what's the problem with that and it's like well the problem with it is that they're saying that if you do this workout your body will look like them they are perpetuating like beauty standards and body standards and like unrealistic expectations of how fitness can change the look of your body but that's not yet considered like a violation of community guidelines so there's nothing to report it for because they're not saying starve yourself yeah I would also say that like because of the way Pinterest functions there's slightly less I don't even know if I want to call it accountability, but I feel like on Instagram, if you're on a fitness influencers page and they're hashtagging Fitspo and body goals and they are a, you know, person with a very low percentage of body fat and they're encouraging people to, you know, train for only aesthetic things or whatever. Someone that, you know, engage in like risky behavior. They're just doing standard fitness stuff and we, they we would disagree with them on a lot of things right yeah they're still like you're getting the image of a complete person still Mm, you're probably hearing mm -hmm. them talk on their stories and you're seeing different elements of their day and if you don't want to see that stuff maybe you can block them or you can just not go on their page you can unfollow them but on pinterest because it's showing you so much content from so many different people and so much of the content is sort of like stock photos. It's not like individuals posting something to this tag. Like it is, but it's more of a catalog. Does that make sense? It becomes so visual 
and it becomes so heightened that they're showing you really like extreme edited stuff because that's those are the things that are the most eye-catching and that serve the algorithm well does that make sense whereas on instagram there's a little bit more personality behind it if someone starts really obviously photoshopping their stuff you're going to be able to tell because you Mm -hmm. see them as a person and it's about the person yeah image well, and, and the other thing about Pinterest is because because it's a, a search engine that people go to for information, what ends up happening is the same thing that happens with a lot of like article titles on Google. It's a lot of clickbait, um, you know, it, yes. it, especially when you're looking for things like weight loss tips. Like I just search for the term weight loss and the first couple of things that come up are Um, it looks like some TikToks or reels. The first one is like four foods to eat for weight loss, horrible mistakes I made when trying to lose weight, how to lose weight in four easy steps Four upper body moves to get rid of bra and back fat, five things I did to lose 10 pounds in one month. It's like very sensational and like, yeah, it's clickbait. It's meant to draw you in. It's, it's not just an image of an influencer who you like their content it's like yeah it, like you said it's it's a lot more impersonal and it lends itself to sensationalization and like like false advertising but because it's not a paid advertisement it's not going against community guidelines I think sensational is a really good word for it um because I mean I wouldn't <laughs> we'll get to the part where we talk about how do you deal with this? How do you navigate Pinterest if you're using it, especially for health and wellness stuff? So maybe we want to dive into that now, but I would say that if you click on any of that stuff, the advice that they're giving is going to be a mix of like cardio or a core workout or like here are some different ways to eat fruits and vegetables. Like if you really boil it down, Maybe they're saying, mm-hmm. these are the 10 fruits and vegetables that you need to eat. But like the advice is either really, really basic stuff that like, sure, people still need to be reminded about and educated about how to implement, but do some body weight exercises and eat more fruits and vegetables is not necessarily something you need to turn to the internet for inspiration for, or it's just blatantly wrong. It's really dangerous, cleanse stuff, disordered tips. Yeah, it's either like disordered behaviors being promoted or it's just like very, very basic health behaviors like eat fruits and vegetables, get enough sleep, drink enough water. But like being presented to you as this like magic bullet, like finally a solution to my problem, like finally the thing that's going to like help me lose weight like I've always wanted. And like, first of all, there, there just is no magic bullet. (laughs) And even if there was, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be seeing it in a Pinterest search. Like if all of a sudden there was a like, like reliable, easy way to, for like everybody to lose weight and keep it off. Like that would be the news story of the century. And you wouldn't have to go searching for it on Pinterest. Like you wouldn't have to be clicking on a bunch of different headlines from a bunch of different like bloggers and YouTubers to like find the secret magical solution, because this is something that like entire industries and like 
researchers and like people have dedicated their entire careers to and so much money has been dumped into finding the magical solution to the supposed problem of weight and like it's just it's not going to be on Pinterest (laughs) and again like I wouldn't encourage anyone to look closer at these pages but if you did you would find that they're all saying the same thing and I think that the thing well they're probably all saying different things too but they're all you know singing the same tune with different words and I think the thing that is so captivating about these sites when and specifically Pinterest when you're in that mindset of when you're in the dieting mindset, it's, you know, it's not a mindset that I would any, ever fault anyone for. I spent years of my life there. There's this mm-hmm. thought that if you find the one post that has the tip that you haven't heard before, that's that that's what's going to change things. And the truth yeah. is that like, none of them are helpful. They're all, they're all saying the same thing. There is no one post hidden in those hundreds and hundreds of clickbait titles that is the legitimate one because I think we yes, I think we sort exactly. of know that this is like all really oversimplified and someone trying to be the one to tell you something new that maybe will work for you like I think we do have a little bit of skepticism when it comes to intaking I think to, Laura I think we uh, know that because content we have enough life experience now but I don't think high schoolers know that like I I think that's true I would say you know for children yeah I'm just thinking from like an adult perspective like yeah if I was in a dieting mindset and I was going on this site I would not be like oh well I'll just pick the first one because any of these seem legitimate and good I'd be like Mm. ooh, what's the like secret one that I haven't seen yet because I've tried all the other things and those didn't work well and it's exactly that mentality that the that the app that that Pinterest is um is utilizing in order to keep eyeballs on their website because when when you think of it from the perspective of any um any app or website like the goal in this day and age when all revenue comes from ad revenue the goal is to keep users on the app or on the website for as long as possible so that they see as many ads as possible and those ads don't have to be weight loss ads um, or like diet ads or whatever. But yeah, if you are thinking like if I can just sift through all of this for long enough and find that hidden gem of like, like you said, the one tip that I haven't heard before, then all of my problems will be solved. Um, And it's that mentality that keeps you on on the website. Um, And so it, it I think it's good to yeah be aware of when you are in that mindset. You of see like, the glitter oh, it, and you're I like, know there it's must in be there a somewhere. hidden gem in here somewhere, but it's just a bunch of shiny pieces of garbage. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I so really hard to I get have a question up. for you. Do you yeah. think that there would ever be a way for Pinterest to be a useful website for finding things like recipes, workouts, like, health and wellness information like do you think it ever could be a platform to find information like that that isn't just a cesspool (laughs) I think so I think like with almost anything we talk about uh, it's I don't want to be like it's personal responsibility because that sucks but Mm. I think if you go if you are going to venture into 
the marshlands of Pinterest know what you're looking for. I think mm. we, I think you're more likely to stumble on things that are less helpful to you the more general your search terms are. I think if you know, mm. oh, crock pot recipe with beans or something, or <laughs> um, I would definitely not, not recommend getting your workouts from Pinterest because I don't think that an effective workout can necessarily be communicated in a in one slide in an infographic mm. um even if it links to but you a know, YouTube video or a blog or something I guess if it links again it comes down to like knowing what you're looking for knowing what you're mm. not looking for in your health and fitness content um yeah so I do think that's you know a really individual choice of like can I get on here and do I have the specificity do I have like my blinders on so I can wade through a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff and get some inspiration for something that might be useful to me without taking in like a bunch of crap and are you willing to do that um yeah I agree like I don't know what do you what do you think about that Carolyn so uh, for me I keep going back to that press release and like the whole thing where they are like consulting with an eating disorder prevention organization and like recognizing that like weight diet content, weight loss content, um, like scammy content is harmful. Mm. And yet they're not actually banning it from their platform. And so they're no. they're like saying that this kind of stuff is harmful, but all they're doing is banning people from paying extra money to get it in front of more eyeballs. But they're totally okay with it still being on the website for people to stumble across. And and that's totally. what's just rubbing me the wrong way because what they understand is that like, or maybe they don't understand, maybe that was the wrong way to start that sentence. But like I keep going back to like when I first got on Pinterest – I was I didn't have mm-hmm. the self-awareness or the knowledge about myself and about what I want out of fitness in order to understand what I wanted to look for and what I didn't. I was just searching for leg workout and doing what looked fun and good. And as I'm scrolling, being told that, oh, when I'm doing a leg workout, I should be wanting to slim my thighs. I should be wanting to grow my glutes. I should be wanting to like blast inner thigh fat um, and and like in the search like I'm being taught these things and basically what Pinterest is communicating to me is that they're going to for the optics say that they understand that that kind of content is bad but then they're still going to allow it on their platform and so like when I go on there and I look like the user experience of Pinterest has not changed. They still have all of the same crap about health and fitness and it hasn't gone anywhere. And their current changes to their guidelines haven't prevented it from being there or given us a way to report it because it doesn't go against guidelines. So I think if if they really want to stick with their word and do what they were saying that they were doing, they would have to ban all diet and weight loss content in general. And that's the only way I can see it becoming a safe space for people to look for health and fitness information is if it's really, really limited what you can even find there. Yeah. And I think too, because brands are getting smarter about using social media, 
being on Pinterest and scrolling for a second, like I found a bunch of pins that were just the name and a picture of like a fat loss supplement linking to that yeah. website. Like that's not like, a how is that ad, not an ad? But how is that different? Yeah. Because brands can be on Pinterest and they know to use it for searchable optimization. And yeah. So it kind of just doesn't implicate Pinterest. Yeah, it's not just paying for ad space. Like marketing, especially digital marketing, is so much more than paying for ad space. And so it just seems like it 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 seems disingenuous coming from Pinterest because, you know, like it's been over or it's been, you know, coming up on a year, like it's been a few months and like it hasn't actually changed the website or made it any safer for people. And in some ways, I actually think it's made it less safe because all of the weight loss content that you're seeing is not an obvious scammy ad. So users are going to be more likely to trust it because they're like, maybe they heard about this press release and they're like, oh, like dangerous, like false advertising content is no longer allowed on Pinterest. So that means everything I see must be good and safe because it passes the community guidelines. And that to me is like even more dangerous because it makes it harder to recognize when you're being advertised to and when something might be a scam because the platform you're using is claiming to filter that stuff out, but it's not actually doing it. Yeah, we know to be skeptical of ads, but we don't, if you're looking for reliable sources like you're trusting what's popping up for you so that's potentially actually removing a nice barrier (laughs) yeah exactly like if I were um I'm thinking back to like when I was in college and I was like having a bunch of like digestive problems and like a lot of bloating and whatever and I know that something that I was definitely searching for online at the time was like solutions to that because I was I mean, I was like physically uncomfortable and in a lot of pain, but I also, it was contributing to my body image issues because I didn't like how I looked when I was bloated. So I was like feeling very emotionally desperate to find a solution to this problem that I was having. And I could totally see myself going on, on Pinterest and looking for like, like bloating tips or like. Uh, anti-bloating diet or whatever and seeing two posts next to each other that maybe look really similar but one is clearly an advertisement for an app and it's just like a little infographic that's sort of like a screen grab from the app being like eat this not that and then the other is a link to a free to read blog post from a like a self-proclaimed nutritionist maybe saying exactly the same bogus information as what's in that app, but I'm going to recognize that app advertisement as something that I don't necessarily trust because I can see it's trying to sell me something and it looks kind of fake. And then the thing to the blog post is going to feel more trustworthy because, oh, this is just someone putting that information out there out of the kindness of their heart so that they can help people. They're not just trying to like get me to buy an app. And so even if it's the same harmful information that I would be absorbing that would contribute to like disordered eating issues. So I don't know. It feels it feels like even though it sounds really good at first. And I even was like, yay, this is such a good thing. Like as I've thought about it more and reflected on it more, I think it actually makes the app more dangerous. It's a lot of lip service for not a big change. (laughs) As you put on lip balm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I have three in every room of my apartment. (laughs) It's habitual. No, I love it. That was Uh, perfect. It was a good visual gag, but no one will get to see it except you. 
Yeah, that's fine. Well, I told them about it. It reminds me, this is totally off topic, but a few months ago I had this like wild experience where I was listening to a podcast and as the person who was talking said something about like a fork in the road, at that very moment I stepped on a plastic fork that was on the sidewalk. Oh, oh my God. It was Holy so cow. weird. <laughs> it was one of the that's most like, like freaky coincidences ever. Yeah, I like literally stopped. I was oh like, gosh. what the heck just happened? Because my brain just thought of the word fork <laughs> in two different ways. Like I heard it auditorially yeah. and then I looked down and I saw and I thought the word, oh, there's a fork. It was so weird. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's trippy. I would also say to bring it back to Pinterest, as personal trainers, as, you know, fitness instructors and people that, get asked a lot of questions about fitness and stuff. It continues to be really frustrating to have to correct a lot of really basic misinformation that spreads like wildfire Mm -hmm. on these platforms because of the visibility. Like I'm scrolling through and I'm seeing things like, you know, target your lower abs and like side glutes and like how to get rid of bat wings. And like, these are just things that are not, they're nonsensical and the more people Mm -hmm. are exposed to phrasing like that and to the mindset of like chipping away at your body through exercise the more confused we all get about um what the tool of movement can do for us what expectations we should have um what how much control we have over like the way our body looks and like things like timeline like telling people they can lose you know there's a pin talking about someone losing 50 pounds in a week next to someone Mm. losing 10 pounds in a week next to someone losing 10 pounds in a day like and this is all these are numbers and claims that are like pulled out of thin air to be eye-catching but the more we are exposed to just this eye-catching stuff the more the deeper hole that we have to dig ourselves out of when we bring in like evidence-based practice and realistic expectations and also like a more positive, embodied, empowered, self-compassionate perspective on fitness. Because even if, you know, you train with Carolyn or you come to one of my classes and we're talking about doing squats to build stronger legs and to get more comfortable performing that movement pattern. If you've taken in 10 years of gobbledygook about squats are going to thin my thighs and squats are going to burn this, that, and the other thing, that's hard to, it's hard to pivot your mentality. You've done a lot of mental reps of connecting those two thoughts in your head. (laughs) And it takes a lot of effort to turn that around Mm -hmm. and view your relationship towards exercise, movement, fitness, your body, whatever, in a more neutral and maybe even positive mm-hmm. way. So if you are on that journey, if you're interested in rewiring your brain in that way, continuing to expose yourself to content that is actively working against that um, can make that job a lot harder. And it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not It's not your fault when you're yeah, being exposed to all this. Exactly. It's the same reason why I always 
encourage people to like unfollow Instagram accounts that like visually trigger whatever issues they're working through in the moment. Like it doesn't mean you can't always like go back and follow your favorite celebrities again, but like, I don't like if you love Miley Cyrus, but like looking at images and videos of her performing makes you hate your body. Like you don't have to follow her on Instagram. Like if if you want to learn how to work out, but like all the options you're giving presented on Pinterest where you're looking are of images of women who make you feel awful about the way that you look. That's probably not a good place for you to be seeking out information about exercise Um, just because it's not. It's just not helping you. But, oh, my gosh, while you were describing all of that, I, like, thought of a um, of what Pinterest reminds me of. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it reminds me of being in the checkout line of a grocery oh store God. and looking at all of the, like, women's magazines and especially the ones where, like, it is the front page is just, like, cluttered, like, like women's day or whatever. Yeah. And like all the little headlines are like, are like 30 day keto diet for losing fat in perimenopause. And it's like the most like weird and specific. And it's like, there is no way that this information could be backed up by anything other than like a misinterpretation of a single study with 12 participants. Like none of this is real or good info for the general public. And why is it all over the covers of magazines? And that is what Pinterest feels like. And it sounds like the titles were written by AI. Like they just gathered everyone's mom's Google searches and clumped them together and redistributed the words. It's like a Mad Lib of diet culture headlines. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I will say like, I think that there is just as damaging stuff on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, did I say YouTube already? Tumblr. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, I just think <laughs> YouTube, 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 um, TikTok, I, YouTube, Instagram, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I would say with platforms like Pinterest and I would say like TikTok that are actively interested in showing you content that you have not curated for yourself. I think we have to come to those places with a little more mindfulness Mm -hmm. if we are being conscious about the content that we take in um because it's not like it's it's hard when you're using something for like inspiration or relaxing and you're being bombarded with these messaging this messaging to keep you shouldn't have to have your personal responsibility turned up to a hundred all the time. So if you're being aware of this messaging and how it's affecting your brain, maybe these are things yeah, to avoid. I, I agree. All. Like I in like researching, you know, <laughs> the little bit that we did for this, this was the first time that I had gone on Pinterest and, and looked for any kind of health or fitness related content. So I was, I was honestly very disappointed to see how little it's changed. Like I do still use Pinterest, but like I said before, and like you were saying before it for, interior decorating fashion inspiration um recipe um but yeah when I'm when I'm using it now like the app knows that I'm not interested in workouts so it's not showing me stuff like that probably will now after all of the searches that I've done in, in the past couple days but like it it is a safe app for me to use because I'm not trying to find health and wellness and fitness related content anymore. Um, so I like my recommendation is honestly that it's just not a good place to search for that kind of stuff. And like Google searching 
will probably get you better results <laughs> than Pinterest will. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to throw your hat in the ring, that's probably the way to go. I w- yeah. If you're going to use heard a search that thing engine. Of like, yeah. Um, have you heard that thing of like not every friend in your life can serve every purpose? Like you have a friend that you go yes. out and you party with and you have a friend that you can like rely on for emotional support and you have a friend who like reminds you of what you were like as a kid and like all mm. that kind of stuff. You have a friend that you're going to call when you need to move apartments. Maybe if we start viewing social media apps a little more like that um, mm-hmm. and how they can serve us rather than just approaching them unilaterally for all the information we need in our lives uh I think that can that can help a lot I think that's a really good point because yeah not not every social media platform has to like meet all of your internet needs <laughs> and, and, uh, and Pinterest if has some really toxic that- traits he can't be everything for you <laughs> exactly exactly so it you know, maybe Pinterest is the friend that you bring shopping with you, but isn't the friend that you go to the gym with. And that is okay. I love that. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on. <laughs> I think so too. Well, um, Laura, do you have any other like little closing thoughts or anything you want to say to the listeners before we sign off? Oh gosh. I don't think so. Be okay. Be fearless when it comes to curating your algorithms. yes use that block button liberally block hashtags unfollow block accounts report any diet ad you see um if you want to or just don't use social media as much (laughs) that could be good too yeah I'd say just throw your phone into the river and retreat to the woods and start Mm -hmm. you know brewing your own teas and things like that I think that's probably the life we should all aspire to so that would be my yeah. best advice. Off, off grid <laughs> living to avoid the uh, toxic swamp that is the Pinterest <laughs> health and fitness search. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. We're becoming delirious. So we're going to end it there, but thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you have any, um, funny Pinterest memories, or if you go back through your old boards and find like the most ridiculous things that you pinned, we would love to see that. Maybe we can curate a little, uh, community post or something in our Instagram stories. I would love to do a good uh, Pinterest roast. I think we could. I think that's the one thing that was missing from this episode because we're so careful about our online spaces. (laughs) Not of you, of the content. Maybe that's something we can do on the Patreon. We can do a Pinterest roast. Oh, that would be really fun. Yeah. That'll be a Patreon exclusive. Well, if you, the listener, like that idea and you want us to do a Pinterest roast of our own boards or of your boards, um, let us know and join the Patreon because that's where it'll happen. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Shall we set them free? All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Oh, oh, oh. Last piece of news. Next week. So the week after this goes up, not when we're recording it so next week we will not be posting any mini episodes instead we will be posting our first patreon exclusive episode so that's just one little change to the posting schedule um and then after that it'll you know go back to normal until we feel like we need another break but yes so we do have a patreon episode that we'll be posting next week instead of the mini episodes it's gonna be good yes all right thanks for listening everybody bye Bye.